0: I always knew I'd have kids, I just never intended to become a mother. I'm Dr. Lee Burge, and this is the Rockstar Parent Podcast. I'm a chiropractor, former college educator, life coach, and mom. Everyone has their own journey into motherhood. This podcast is devoted to telling my story and sharing what I found to be successful along the way. Episode 13, How to Blame the Tooth Fairy for All Your Parenting Mistakes Without Feeling the Least Bit Guilty. Disclaimer, I'll be talking about subjects like the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy, so if there are little ears who can hear this, you may want to pause and put in your headphones. We don't need them hearing any information you don't want them to hear yet. I'll wait. As we begin, let's just lay the parental cards on the proverbial table. We preach and we teach and we rant to our kids about the importance of being honest. We even dole out consequences to our kids when they are not honest. And then we tell them stories about Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy and Leprechauns and devise more lies To embellish the lie about their existence. We even go so far as to ask other people to help us support the lie. And get angry if others spoil it for our kids before we are ready to reveal the truth to them ourselves. Yes, I know all of that. And I can clearly see the hypocrisy. But I still perpetuated the myth that Santa likes sugar cookies the best and he didn't need a chimney to be able to deliver presents. We let our kids believe that chocolate gets delivered by a giant bunny wearing a pastel vest and a bow tie, that gold can be found at the end of a rainbow, and when they lost their teeth, they had a valuable asset they could trade for money if they put it under their pillow. This is a judgment-free zone. So whether you allowed your kids to believe or told them the truth from the very beginning, it's all good with me. And with the holidays approaching, it seems like a good time for those parents out there who also let their kids believe, to tackle the question, when do I tell my kids that Santa isn't real after all? For some reason, we feel like the magic of Christmas will be ruined if we do reveal that it's dad who eats the cookies and it's mom who writes the thank you note with her non-dominant hand. But will it really? Is the magic and innocence of childhood so fragile that it can't take a good dose of reality? Honestly, I don't think so. Which brings me full circle. Even with all those left-brained, solidly researched articles about how it is a good thing not to tell your kids these stories, we still did. In fact, We made it last as long as we could. We did, however, agree that as soon as one of our kids looked us in the eye and asked us for a straight answer, they were old enough to be able to handle the truth. And don't you know it, the moment came and I hesitated. It was December and I was in the garage with my oldest. He was in third grade at the time. His youngest sister had come home from kindergarten with a Ziploc baggie full of reindeer food she was saving for Christmas Eve. She had been instructed to spread it out over the front lawn on that night before she went to bed, so the reindeers had a snack too. After all, they were the ones pulling the sleigh, and they needed this just as much as Santa needed cookies. My son was concerned that the glitter mixed in with the oats was not very healthy for the reindeer. He knew he wasn't supposed to eat glitter and so he was questioning the safety of the reindeer trail mix on the whole. He was talking all around the issue of whether or not any of it was true and I felt myself getting uncomfortable. I could feel it was just a matter of minutes in the onslaught of questions before he stopped, looked me in the eye and asked me if it was real. And then it happened. Because he reasoned, If Santa wasn't real and reindeers didn't pull a sleigh, then throwing the glitter on the front yard would be okay because they weren't going to be there to eat it anyway. He was really trying to balance not hurting his sister's feelings with his concern for the health of the reindeer. He had started having doubts about the logistics of how the whole Santa thing worked anyway, and then the words... Mom, is Santa even real? Spilled out of his mouth. Like I said, I hesitated. He and I were alone in the garage, so the timing was good from that perspective. And I replied, no, there isn't actually a jolly man in a red suit that flies across the world in one night. But the spirit of Christmas is real, and that's what we celebrate every year. I thought he would start crying as the truth distilled upon him and be horribly disappointed. But instead, he had more questions. Well, if Santa isn't real, who eats the cookies? Who writes the note? Who buys the presents? And this revelation, well, it gave him some long sought after answers too. Like that one year when his cousins got a wooden playset, a trip to Disney World, and ATVs from Santa, and he only got a Lego set? Now it all made way more sense. He could emphatically conclude they didn't have the same Santa, after all. Our son was also very happy to keep the charade alive for his younger siblings especially since I promised him he could stay up later on Christmas Eve and help with the presents. He asked, Can I eat the cookie and spread the crumbs on the table? I was noncommittal on that last request. He would have to ask his dad if he could have that honor. With our kids, it was just a matter of a few years before the curtain had been pulled back on the whole Holiday Heroes gig. I honestly wish it had been before I had to help construct very elaborate leprechaun traps out of a stick, a piece of string, and an upside-down shoebox for those school projects. But that's okay. We had plenty of green glitter left over from the reindeer food anyway. Funny how my kids finally realized why we never caught a leprechaun, no matter how hard we tried. Which brings me to the t- story of the Tooth Fairy and parent guilt. It seems like there is never a shortage of things to feel guilty for. And we are juggling so much. And let's face it, sometimes we are just so dang tired that it's easy to let a little thing, like putting money under a pillow in the middle of the night, slip through the cracks. I had this grand idea that we could turn the Tooth Fairy myth into a cultural learning experience. Since it wasn't really about the money, but can we talk about the money for a minute? In my day, we got a dime under our pillows and maybe by the last tooth, we got a quarter. I remember asking my fellow parent friends what the going rate was for teeth when my oldest had his first wiggly one, and it was definitely at least a dollar or even more. Well, I did not want to jump into that race. So I proposed to my husband that we give our kids coins from other countries under their pillows. They would have great fun trying to sleuth which country the money was from and then be able to learn more about that country. I thought it was a grand idea and it was in theory, but in reality, it was an awful idea. We weren't world travelers so getting the money was one hurdle and just trying to figure out the exchange rate in the middle of the night when you're already sleep deprived, well, that was another hurdle. This fun tradition lasted for exactly three teeth and is lead up to my tooth fairy mom guilt story. My husband had traveled to London on business and brought back some change and bills with him at my request you know, to feed my need to leverage the tooth fairy myth into a culturally enriching experience. On the night in question, I went to bed and completely forgot to switch the tooth for the money. I woke up in the middle of the night in a panic, woke my husband up to ask him where the London money was, because apparently you can't think of the word pound at that time of the night. He told me he left it on the counter for me. I ran to the kitchen scooped up all the coins he had left there and stealthily made the switch. I was very pleased with myself. The next morning, my son excitedly showed my husband the coins the tooth fairy had left for him and I noticed a strange sort of pinched up expression come over my husband's face. When my son ran off to show his siblings his loot, I asked my husband what was wrong. He explained to me, That he hadn't intended for me to give all of the coins to our son at once. I was supposed to pick out one or two and then there would be enough for all the kids at some point. Well, shoot. That made a lot of sense to me at 8 a.m. in broad daylight. Well, just for giggles, I asked how much money I had actually given to our son for one lousy tooth. It wasn't even a molar or anything because on the tooth fairy market aren't bigger teeth worth more money? $17 was the answer from my husband. I had given our son the equivalent of 17 US dollars. And that my friends is the ignominious death of our culturally enriching tooth fairy idea. From that point on, it was all dollar bills. I briefly entertained getting some $2 bills from the bank just for the tooth fairy to bring. But that is when my husband reminded me it's better to just keep things simple from this point on. And I did not disagree. So let me tell you about how the Tooth Fairy became the target for all of my mom guilt one particular week. Since we had our three kids in four and a half years, you can imagine that our house was a little bit crazy. Crazy in a good way, of course. But when I say to you I was fairly exhausted by the time we got them all in bed at night, it's a pretty reasonable statement. I never had any trouble falling asleep and generally slept pretty soundly until I heard my babies needed something. I had pulled tooth fairy duty this one night, but I had once again completely forgotten to take care of it before I went to bed. And I didn't wake up this time until the next morning. When my son with a look of complete disappointment appeared in my bedroom with his tooth still in his hand had the tooth fairy forgotten him well cue the guilt how could i have let this happen and i did what any mom would do under the circumstances i speculated that maybe so many kids around the world had lost teeth yesterday that the tooth fairy just couldn't get to them all in one night that actually led to a follow up question about there being only one tooth fairy versus an entire colony of them with a queen fairy to lead them. That I was not prepared to comment on. So I projected that the tooth fairy would for sure be able to make the exchange the next night. The second night, the same thing happened. I was exhausted and I went to bed and forgot. Can you imagine the face I was met with that second morning when my son emerged from his bedroom? Worst mother of the year award coming my way, undisputed. He actually told me that he had thought about it and if she had gone in alphabetical order since our last name begins with B, she should have been able to get to him already. Luckily, this is a moment where I realized that coming up with bigger lies is not a good strategy for any of us. But I wasn't ready to reveal the truth because at this point, I wasn't ready to be the bad guy who forgot about the tooth. So I did the next best thing. I got angry with the tooth fairy and told my son I would write her a very nasty email telling her that this was just unacceptable. The tooth fairy became the target and the holder of my guilt. My son emphatically did not want me talking to the Tooth Fairy about this. He told me he was sure she would be able to get to it that next night. Well, I promised myself I would never let this happen again. And I really meant it. I maybe should have set an alarm on my phone or written myself a note or asked my husband to help me remember. But I didn't, and I forgot for the third night in a row. I mean, this is completely inconceivable, I told myself that next morning when I had to look at my son's face. He was now completely out of possible explanations and simply confused. What could I say at this point? Just come clean, my left brain logical self said, Tell him the truth. He'll understand. He loves you. He won't be mad. But my right brain self, the creative side, went into survival mode and instead recounted to him that the tooth fairy had come and she told me that she left the money for his tooth in my wallet. And if he brought it to me, I could give him the money that she left. You know, when you follow that up with a, oh, and she asked me to keep your tooth safe for her until she can swing back by and pick it up, it comes off as very believable. Absolutely not my finest moment. And the guilt, oh my gosh, it just oozed right into my heart and I was convinced I was the worst mother on the entire planet. You know, that wasn't the only time I dropped the ball in my mind over the years. There was that one time I let us run out of toilet paper. Yeah, that was awful. Running that same roll back and forth between bathrooms while you're all trying to get ready in the morning. You know, I forgot to buy gifts for my kid's birthday once. It's on the first of the month, and I was so focused on what was happening on the 31st of the previous month that when I turned the calendar that morning, I was mortified My husband actually took the day off work and we went to the store and bought all his gifts and wrapped them before he came home from school. Can you imagine the guilt I felt for that one? There is this time that I read the address for the basketball game incorrectly and took my kid to the wrong gym. We got there, saw two teams we didn't recognize, and realized I had made a mistake. Well, the list goes on and on. And... Why am I sharing all of this with you like some blooper reel at the end of a bad movie? Because I want you to know that we aren't perfect. None of us. No matter what it looks like on our social media posts, I have said it before. Perfection is a crappy goal to set because it's unattainable. It is too easy for us to not try to do our best because we can always rationalize that we would never have been able to be perfect anyway. It opens the door for mediocrity, and that isn't what we want either. Our kids don't need a perfect parent. They need a parent who loves them and tries to do their best for them consistently. They need a parent who's willing to sacrifice for them, who's willing to give them their time and who is supportive and encouraging. They also need parents who are honest And this doesn't mean, at least to me, that you can't spin a tale of fair maidens and dragons or fairies and bunnies and men in red suits. But by honest, I mean you share with them that life isn't always about the getting. The more times, it's about the giving. And that is the magic of Christmas and everyday life, too. This past year, when graduations and celebrations of all kinds were postponed or canceled due to the pandemic, The disappointment was palpable. Talk about taking something away from your kids. Graduating is a huge milestone that is historically celebrated in big ways. One of my friends, whose daughter was a senior in high school, sent out a request on Facebook for friends and family to send some applause for her daughter in the form of postcards. So I, along with other fellow parents in our community, answered the call. To drop a postcard in the mail for this graduate to represent us clapping for her, just like we would have done if we saw her actually walk across the stage in that cap and gown. This, this is the antidote for the guilt. The mom guilt, the dad guilt, all those feelings that come when we see all the things we are not doing or doing but not doing well in our own minds. Instead of focusing on what we can't do, aren't doing, or won't be able to do. Let's figure out what we can do. And no more guilt. Let's focus on what we are doing and probably doing really well already. Let's be the parent our kids need, not the parent we see portrayed in a movie or a magazine or a social media post. Let's stretch and do our best with the best tools we can and then be content. And how about we support each other in doing the best we can, instead of comparing or judging? The Tooth Fairy, it turns out, has broad shoulders, but she shouldn't have needed them. I hadn't done anything wrong. I was simply tired and forgot something, and there was no reason I needed to take on that guilt. By the way, I kind of want to ask my son, who is now 24 years old, if he still has that $17 in British pounds the Tooth Fairy gave him that one time. But honestly, I don't really want to know the answer. I did, however, a few months back, ask him if he remembers the time when the Tooth Fairy forgot him three nights in a row. You know what? He doesn't. Only I do. And that pretty much makes my point. I'm just a girl who was ready to start her family, so I got pregnant and had a baby. But what I learned as I raised my own kids, that is the secret to becoming the parent I dreamed I could be, and is exactly what I'm sharing with you. Let's rock this parenting thing together.